Having trouble making that house a home? Well, hell hath no fury, because we're about to scheme the real as fuck dilemmas of home design. I'm Mel, host of Making Our Way Home. Follow us as we navigate the ups and downs of buying a newly built house and convincing one another of things we need to do to make it a home. From looking, to buying, to moving in, and unpacking. Get ready as we make our way home one outrageously brilliant design scheme at a time. Hey, it's Mel. I've just been over here scheming the real as fuck dilemmas of home design over this last past week, and I'm super excited about this week's episode because not only are we hitting the play button on episode number three, but we're going to be going over the right questions to ask and the right things to look for, but you're also going to be getting a free printout for the most perfect house checklist going. This week's episode is going to focus on things to look at and consider when you're walking through a potential existing home. I'm not going to touch too much on the process of buying a newly built home quite yet because that's for next week's episode. However, you can still get your hands on a free printout this week that helps you through the process as long as you have signed up for my mailing list. I hope everybody is doing well since the last time you decided to listen to my voice and learn a few things. If you're Canadian and listening, I hope you had a great turkey day, and if you're not, well, I hope you had a great week. Now let's waste no more time and get into this week's episode. As most of you know, and if you don't, A and I purchased a newly built freehold townhome back in March and are still currently waiting to move in. Our closing date has been pushed back twice now, and it isn't because the builder hasn't finished our house, it's because our house resides on a private road. There's a lot of details and a lot of jargon and a lot of things that happened, but that's for next week's episode. When we started looking at houses, we were looking at houses we thought we wanted. I'll go back to that brilliant idea of us wanting a farm or at least a home with a few acres. We had a general idea of most of our must-haves that we needed in the house, but it definitely would have been a lot easier walking through if I had a checkoff list. And that is why I have created this foolproof walkthrough checklist that allows you to compare each house that you walk through via the overall pros and cons of each house. For me, when I was writing out the pro and con list, I was going off of memory and what we saw in the house, and I definitely missed a lot of things. That's why these checklists are going to make that process of you comparing each home a million times easier. It's a mix of the first printout that you received if you signed up for my mailing list, but there's a lot more space for you to write down your own notes and create your own pro and con lists. A lot of times when people are selling their home, if their realtor is good, they'll bring in their own home stager. These home stagers are so good at what they do because they basically showcase a home in a generic, non-personalized design. This allows anybody to picture themselves living there. This also allows the stagers to come up with creative ways to make sure the house shows a lot better than it previously looked. You can always tell a home has been staged if you don't see any family photos or any personalized items of the people that are currently living there. This is a selling tactic and don't be afraid to move things around like chairs that seem to be put in a weird spot. Sometimes there's a stain on the carpet and the stagers use that to hide it. They also use this trick on hardwood as well so make sure if you have a weird area rug lift that baby up and see if there's any damage on the floor beneath it. People also have a tendency to think that paint can make anything look better and tend to paint over a lot of damage. I remember one home that we saw, there was some wallpaper that was peeling and they tried to match the paint color to patch it and it was just a no-go for me. The same house also had a runner up the staircase and it was created out of those carpets that have rubber on the back that are more heavy duty industrial that you put outside in winter time, 
I looked at it and I honestly had to do a double take because I didn't actually fully understand the fact that that's what they did for a runner up the main staircase. It's funny because I was really looking at the beautiful woodwork on the banister and all I saw was this thing shining in my eye and it ended up being the staples that they used to staple these runners to this old Victorian style staircase. And yes, my heart shattered a tiny bit because, oh God, ouch, why? Having previously worked in the renovation world, I always know that checking for water damage is a must do on a house listing. A great and easy way to see if there has been any water damage is to check the baseboards. A lot of times in newer houses, the baseboards are MDF, and if those get wet, oh buddy, do those swell. There are also homes that have wood baseboards, and you can tell if there is water damage there as well by seeing if they have lifted off the wall a tiny bit. You're going to see this a lot more in bathrooms and in kitchens and in laundry rooms. And you always want to look around any water pipes because there will be a direct indication of water damage there, whether it be swelling, mold, smell, or rotting. Water damage is very expensive and hard to hide, so I highly encourage that you press your home inspector to look for these types of red flags. In the two houses that A and I saw, we saw a lot of lipstick on a pig type fixes, and all that was running through my head was, oh my god, my dad would have an aneurysm if he walked through this house right now. If you didn't know, my dad is a master carpenter, and my opa, his father, built houses for a living, so my standards are pretty high when it comes to craftsmanship, especially woodworking. You could say I'm a snob, and I would probably agree with you. I'm not bashing the previous homeowners at all, don't get me wrong. I know that having an older home is a lot of work, and there's a lot of things that break that you can no longer get because it's that old. I'm just a true believer of never painting over any wood, and when I see beautiful original Victorian home banisters being painted white, it hurts my soul a little. I'm a huge fan of natural woods and stains, and I would rather shave my head than paint over it. I know not everybody likes wood or wood grains and that's totally cool, but I will say if you ever come at me with a question of what color should I paint over this wood in, you might get a little bit of a sigh from me. And by might, you will definitely get a little bit of a sigh from me. House hunting can take a lot out of you, so please be kind with yourself and especially with your partner. Your realtor is there to help you through this whole process, so don't ever think that you're leaning on them too much when it comes to finding the perfect house. That's their job, and that's why they're there. Just remember to be realistic about the home buying process, especially when you find yourself walking through the homes. You're never going to have everything on your must-have list, so don't get discouraged by that. I mean, hell, if you're lucky and you find a house that has absolutely everything on your must-have list and some, kudos to you, I am freaking jealous. A big thing for us when we were searching was that we had a top five list. Number one was something that we could not live without and we wouldn't even consider buying the house if it didn't have it. And by number five, it was something that we would like, but if it wasn't there, we wouldn't be too butthurt over it. I highly suggest that you sit down and find out what your top five things are. As you know for us, our original top five completely changed when we went and did a 180 and opted for a new build. The top five list sort of became obsolete, but a few things stuck like distance from work and price range were still considered. If you're having a little trouble trying to really navigate the top five list, here are some things that you might want to consider for that list. You might want to look at distance from work or school, what year it's built, the house itself, is it move-in ready or does it need renovations, does it have a lot of land and a big backyard, 
the location, the number of bedrooms and bathrooms and overall square footage, price range, and of course, if this is a big one for you, if it has a pool or a hot tub. These are just a few things you could consider to be on your top five list. Those top five things will make the deciding process a lot easier on you and your partner. The house that has the most checkoffs on your top five list will most likely be the house that you place a bid on. However, there's always that one time when you walk into a house and it might have nothing on your must have list, but damn that place feels like home. And that's totally okay. Don't fully judge a house by your top five must haves. These are just guidelines to keep you on track and to keep you not overwhelmed when it comes to walking through the house. I highly encourage you to add anything and everything to your pro and con lists as well. I'm talking even if you like the bathroom tile that's on the floor in the powder room to the light fixture in the walk-in closet. I'm talking the little things, the big things, and everything in between. Keep nothing off that list and be brutally honest because the more notes you have, the more things you're going to remember and the easier it is to decide if you want to put a bid on that house or not. Keep in mind there's always a lot of questions that you should be asking when you're walking through these homes as well. Your realtor should be looking at the home listing before they even step foot on the property and should at least know a bit of the backstory behind the home first. Sometimes the listing agent doesn't always provide all the information and your realtor will have a hard time answering some of the questions you might have. That's okay, just remember to write down those questions that you have on the notes section in the printout. This allows your realtor to get those questions from you and also the chance to get the answers for you as well. You might be sitting there and wondering what questions you should be asking, so here are a few you might want to consider. Some questions you might want to consider asking when you're walking through the house are, what disclosures are there? Why is this house for sale? How long has this house been on the market? Has there ever been any serious flood or fire damage? Has there ever been any additions added? What's the neighborhood crime rate or noise level like? Where is the closest fire station, police station, or hospital? What school district is it in and how far away is the school? What type of neighborhood is it? Families or retired or mainly working class? When was the last time the roof was shingled? And if there is a wood-burning fireplace, when was the last time the chimney was swept? These are all things that your realtor should be able to get you information for, and if they can't, then that might be a red flag on your con list. The more information you can get about the house, the better because it allows you to really compare and have a clear understanding of what you're getting yourself into. Some other things that you might want to look for when you're walking through a house that are big red flags would be water damage or fire damage. You can find this by looking around any water pipes, especially under the kitchen sinks and in the bathrooms. You can also look at the baseboards for swelling and you can look for patch jobs and yellow stains. Other things are signs of pests, an odd odor. You want to make sure that the ground slopes away from your foundation. You also want to look at cracks in your foundation because that can have a lot of heavy dollar bill signs screaming at you. You really want to look at the windows and see when those were last replaced. Those come also with a hefty price tag to replace as well. You want to look at the roof because that can be a big cost as well and I'm not talking about just reshingling. I am talking about your roof leaking and the damage that comes with that. You're also going to want to look at your neighbors if you have any. Keep in mind that this is a house that you're purchasing and your curb appeal will determine if you like where you're living or not. If you have great neighbors around you, that's amazing, but nobody wants to live beside a shitty neighbor. The nicer curb appeal they have means the nicer curb appeal and happier you are. Also, don't be afraid to knock on some neighbors' doors and ask them about their thoughts on the neighborhood. 
People are going to give you their honest opinion because most times you'll catch them off guard and they aren't ready to give you that glorified live of a response. These are all things that you can barter with when it comes to conditions if you're looking to put an offer in and potentially get an amount off the purchase price. Once again, if you have a great realtor, these are all things that they're going to notice and fight for you to get. Like I said, and I'll say it a million times more, buying a house is a lot and there's a lot of things that you need to consider before laying down that dough. Hopefully some of the things that I chatted with you today about shed some light and shed some of that stress and anxiety you might have towards buying a new house. Keep in mind that these are all just guidelines, not anything you have to fully base your home buying process on. I'm just over here giving you better options and making sure that you don't fuck up where we did. Like I said before, the home buying process should be a happy thing and that happiness should stick with you throughout the whole buying process. If these print-offs can help make that some way possible and cause a little less stress for you, then that's awesome. That's a wrap on this week's episode of Making Our Way Home. I hope these points help you find what you're looking for. Don't forget to sign up for my mailing list if you haven't because that free printable will be coming at you in your mailbox. And don't stress if you haven't signed up yet for my mailing list. You can still do that in the link below. Once again, I'm Mel and you just listened to another episode of Making Our Way Home where we scheme the real as fuck dilemmas of home design in the house buying process. Thank you so much. Now stay savvy, stay healthy, and let's fall in love with our homes. <laughs>